1: Everyone here is running a game. Everyone here needs to score. Everyone here is hustling. Everyone here wants something.
0: Hi, I'm Rachel Hampton, and I'm Allegra Frank, filling in for Madison Malone Kircher. and you're listening to ICYMI. In case you missed it, Slate's podcast about internet culture.
2: Welcome back, Allegra. Hi, Rachel. Thanks for having me. Of course, even though I feel like the last time you're on the show, I said, you can never come back. Um, Clearly, (laughs) I was incorrect. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like then I came back
0: again, but it was with Madison. Mm -hmm. So Madison let me come back. She The podcast
2: gods decided that you were meant to stay on the show. (laughs) Yeah, you were overruled. You know who else was overruled by the internet at large? Who? I'm going to say his name is the guy who was against books and bars, which really rolls off the tongue, right? (laughs) I did see this, but please
0: remind me who is this guy.
2: Yeah, so on Sunday, February 6th, New Jersey food and culture writer Jeremy Schneider woke up and decided today, today is the day for chaos. And he tweeted, please know if you're someone who brings a book to a bar, dot, dot, dot. Nobody likes you. Oof. That is a freaking take. <laughs> it's specifically a take to make on a site full of nerds like Twitter. Mm-hmm. People who like tag the word book, like they're following just the mm-hmm. word book mm-hmm. on Twitter. Anything mm-hmm. you say yeah. about books. So the people who are following that tag found the tweet. It blew up. And the man was just absolutely ratio to hell. Because turns out a lot of people like to read in bars. Uh, so Jeremy got the standard main character of Twitter treatment, a.k.a. multiple as in thousands of people just blowing up at him and thinking that he is the anti-reading crusader or something. He just hates
0: books, which I guess is ironic for someone who's like a, a writer <laughs>
2: professionally. hmm mm-hmm.
0: But I mean, the thing that's cool, though, is he actually won us back. He did, which is very rare for the main character. I mean, he's not our main character anymore, but he definitely, he did the thing you're not supposed to do. Mm -hmm. But then he redeemed himself, because normally you'd expect a guy to double down on his bad Twitter take, as the Mm -hmm. bad takers normally do, right? But he actually seemed introspective and grew from the
2: backlash, big question mark. I know. I cannot believe this actually happened. (laughs) Yeah, never happens. Never. So on Wednesday of last week, about three days after his initial inciting tweet, he tweeted a great thread responding to the OG tweet, basically apologizing and saying that after three days of reflecting on his original tweet, he realized that it was a bad take. He said the tweet was mean, in fact uncharacteristically mean. He said, "I'm sorry." He said the words "I'm sorry" in his apology, which is absolutely wild. So wild. Who who in this world actually apologizes? You know what? Aquafina should take notes. <laughs> He said that he struggled to read in bars because he didn't have quiet, which is relatable to me. But he also said he didn't want to yuck anybody's yum. Like, why would he yuck anybody's yum if it wasn't affecting him? He Mm -hmm. also said he had a friend tell him that he brought books to bars to pick up girls. And he was viewing people reading at bars through that lens without realizing that a lot of people use books at bars to prevent unwanted conversations. And he was like, you know what? It sucks to be the main character on Twitter. I learned from this. And I'm like, what? When? (laughs) I didn't know this was allowed on the internet. I didn't know you could do this.
0: I know. And the thing is, like, you would think if someone went, like, someone with a bad take went to apologize, which you wouldn't think they would do that. But let's say they did. I would not imagine them to actually have, like, a thoughtful, Mm -hmm. insightful, well-reasoned both explanation for their tweet and then apology that felt incredibly earnest like he even said that he went to a bar to try reading to understand that experience Mm -hmm. and the fact that he was like i don't even talk like that in real life i was like that is
2: a mood twitter turns you into a bad Mm -hmm. person when Mm -hmm. you're not Sometimes it turns you into a little goblin. It, <laughs> what's wild is that what normally happens after tweets like this is they they give the explanation part, which Jeremy did offer. He was like, this is what I was viewing people through this lens. But they never really apologize for their original read, which is always biased. We are all always biased. And Jeremy was like, you know what? That was fucked up for me to think of everyone was doing what my shitty male friend does. And you know what, Jeremy? I'm sorry you had to go through being the internet's main character, but thank you so much for bringing us along on this surprisingly heartwarming journey.
0: Well, okay, that was definitely a both entertaining and surprisingly moving journey last week. So thank you for the entertainment, Jeremy.
2: Speaking of entertainment, you know Mm -hmm. one thing that never stops being entertaining? What? Scams. Scamming. (laughs) Scamming. True. Scammertainment. <laughs> scammertainment. Coin that word right now. <laughs> the scam industrial complex. That is what we'll be talking about on the show today because we have two new pieces of scammertainment. And the scam industrial complex has gotten to a point where not only. Are we on the lookout for more scams? But we don't actually want to stop them. We want more. We want Shondaland to swoop in, pick out a scam, and make it into a glossy nine-episode miniseries because the internet loves scams. That they do. So after the break, we will be back to talk
0: about the Tinder Swindler, a Netflix doc about an online dating scam artist and... Netflix's Inventing Anna, a fictional retelling of the saga of Anna Delvey, aka Anna Sorokin.
1: Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com credit card. And we're back.
0: So, Rachel, this month, Netflix has already released two different works of scam art or art about scams I guess the works are not scams themselves but they are masterpieces of the scam story genre the Tinder swindler and
2: inventing anna so have you seen have you seen these yet on Netflix I have I've seen the Tinder swindler which I will be taking a long time to say because every single time I say it, I want to say the Tinder Swindler, which is incorrect. <laughs> um and I have seen about half of Inventing Anna. Okay. Yeah, because Inventing
0: Anna is a is a series from Shonda mm-hmm. Rhimes. Yes. Um versus Tinder Swindler is a, a two-hour Netflix talk. So uh I know that we actually had a listener write in to ask us about covering the Tinder Swindler. Um and they pointed out that this is a story about the kind of guy that everyone actually thought West Elm Caleb was. Nice callback to a couple couple weeks ago.
2: Thank you for that callback at DCR underscore IRL because that is a very smart comparison. In case you <clears throat> missed it, we did an episode on January 22nd about West Elm Caleb, who was a man who went viral after several women who had dated him found out that they were all dating him in a very John Tucker must die-esque twist. Caleb was a very shitty dater, sent dick pics, and generally was bad at interpersonal relationships, but the Tinder swindler was a, a different thing. Simon Leviev, an Israeli man who used Tinder to scam women out of their money, is in fact much more of a villain than West Elm Caleb, who was a shitty dater but did not manage to con $10 million out of multiple people across the continent of Europe.
0: 10 million? That's wild. Yeah,
1: allegedly. Who is this guy I've been sharing the same bed with? He's a professional. He does this for a living. Everything's a lie. He's not a prince of diamonds. He's not the son of a billionaire. The man I love was never real.
0: He would woo these women that he met on Tinder and he would take them out for like really fancy dinners and just like really nice dates. These women who were like not used to that sort of thing, right, and like make them really fall for him. And then, classic move, he would come to them and say he was having some kind of crisis and all of a sudden he didn't have the money for it, right? So could they please front him thousands of dollars? He would pay them back, just begging for a ton of money. And because they, you know, have fallen for him and they think that he's good for it because he did take them on all these expensive excursions, they gave him the money and instead he would then
2: use that money toward his next grift. It's kind of brilliant. I mean, I don't want to I don't want to support crimes, but <laughs> it's, it's kind of brilliant because the most important part of a grift is establishing trust. And the way he did this was by, for example, flying across international lines to take someone out for coffee because they were having a bad day if someone did that i would not question how much money they had right. i would simply be like yes you can't have access to my amex account until the threat against your family is over and that is why <laughs> i would get scammed <laughs> this is not the most uncommon thing so Mm-mm. I'm kind
0: of like proud of him for (laughs) iterating on this very classic scam, but like watch any episode of Catfish or 90 Day Fiance and you will find someone doing this exact thing, just not at this scale, like lying on a dating app to get cash. It's just that this is maybe right now the most notorious and ambitious example of this scam.
2: As our listener pointed out, Simon is the kind of guy who deserved the level of ire and scrutiny that rained down on West Dom Caleb, who never really committed any actual crimes. There's, like, a huge difference between general shittiness and stealing, allegedly, $10 million while declaring your undying love to multiple women. Like, he told these women that he wanted to move in with them. And he always waited a few months before he started to scam them. I just... He's just a mastermind. A mastermind. Truly. I also found out, this was maybe, I don't want to say fun fact, because... It's not fun, but according to the Times of Israel in 2020, Levi pretended to be a medical worker so he could get the coronavirus vaccine early. So my boy is still out here running scams. He hasn't learned a single thing. I mean, I kind
0: of—that's a hustle I can respect. At least he was going to get vaxxed.
2: I listen. We love, we love when someone's vaxxed. I really feel like we're coming down on the side of the scammer in this we're case. Pro which. Perhaps we shouldn't, but I will say we'll be continuing on this train of pro scammer because the other side of the scam coin, the Netflix scam coin, is Inventing Anna, which is a mini series adaptation on Netflix of the story of the the famed fraudster, the absolute legend, Anna Delphi, also known as Anna Sorokin.
1: I work for my success, I earn my accomplishments. Pay attention. Maybe you'll learn how to be smart like me. I doubt it. But you can
0: dream. She is truly an icon of scamming at this point. Like, if you're talking scamsters, she should be top of the list. Because Anna Delvey, in the mid-2010s, she was posing as a socialite and an heiress and using that status to hoodwink people and defraud banks. And so she ended up like scamming so much. She was racking up like tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of uh, of bills that she was never going to pay. Like she was just living the life as this kind of spoiled rich girl who wasn't a rich girl. She was just trying to live the life the rest of us uh, wish we would, but just won't try to scam our way into.
2: So in the show, we follow journalist Vivian Kent, played by Anna Shlumsky, as she attempts to report out a feature for Manhattan Magazine <laughs> about Delvey's crimes. This is basically a fictionalization of the real events surrounding the Delvey case. Vivian Kent is Jessica Pressler stand-in, Jessica Pressler being a New York Magazine feature writer. Manhattan Magazine standing in for it. New York Magazine, you you get the picture. <laughs> it's really, you know, not, not hiding that
0: we know everything.
2: <laughs> yes. It also is not hiding some very strange understandings of how journalism works. <laughs> yeah. And none of us are here to see journalism accurately portrayed on screen. We're here to see Anna Scamming, which... I will say, it takes a long time to get to. By halfway through the show, she's convinced her boyfriend to pay for a lot of things and stayed on somebody's yacht for too long. But she hasn't done anything illegal up until that point. It's kind of like the show expects us all to know who we're talking about when we talk about Anna Delvey. Right. Yeah,
0: it's kind of like this is a show that's host scam entertainment, right? Like it doesn't expect the audience to have to be like educated about the scam. It's, it's not a true crime doc. It's very much a dramatization of a story that went viral on the internet because it, you know, Anna Delvey's story came out when people were starting to really become obsessed with scam stories as sort of a a comic piece of entertainment that's happening to other people, watching other people get hurt by these scammers while we're just kind of along for the ride online.
2: Yes. It came around in the time where scams as an internet genre started to become a thing. She, I would say is probably one of the biggest and most important faces of modern scam culture, even though, Most of her crimes took place in real life, as in she scammed hotels and banks and rich people. Her legacy was really kind of built on the internet.
0: Yeah, I mean, she even like we see in the show as uh, Vivian Kent is doing her reporting that a lot of the evidence that she found to show that Anna was scamming people and wasn't actually who she said she was, was these like doctored Instagram posts. So Anna was someone, she was like a young 20-something, right? So she was living her life on the internet, too. So having this online presence of her own, that made it, I think, even more appealing to those of us who are like, oh my God, imagine if our Instagram friend was posing with all these celebrities and it was actually that she was going to huge lengths to
2: make it seem like she was famous and popular. Exactly. Exactly. Um, it's funny because in inventing Anna, she mentions what I would say the other biggest internet scam of the last five years is, which is Fire Festival. Anna Delvey hilariously chooses not to invest in Fire Festival, which mm-hmm. you can say a lot of things for Anna Delvey, but she seems smart.
0: I would say like so that happened in 2016, right? Like this that happened before the big Anna Delvey piece in mm-hmm. New York. Uh, New York Magazine came out. And that's when people really fell in love with the scammer, the scammertainment genre. Because from its launch to its downfall, it was just one of the most internet focused scam sensations. It was just
2: so about the internet aspect. It was a thrill because it was <laughs> just so wild. The fact that this festival basically managed to create all this internet hype. And then its downfall also played out on the internet. And then after the downfall, we got dueling documentaries from Netflix and Hulu, which... Only managed to keep the fire on the internet burning. It just, right. it, it's just all internet all the time. And it's just such yeah. a perfect encapsulation of why we love internet scams so much. I don't want to say we, why I love internet scams so much. Listen, me too, man. I'm sure, I'm sure a ton of us <laughs> listening do.
0: Because it was, I mean, it's why people love true crime, right? It's like, oh, this isn't happening to me and I can't look away because it's happening to someone else and it's going out of
2: control. And if there's anything we love more than scams, it is the subsequent coverage of the scam. <laughs> right, so after the break,
0: we will be back to talk about how the internet perpetuates the scammertainment industrial complex and what media's got to do with it, in particular, New York Magazine.
2: Do you love our show and want to support the work we do? Do you want to make sure that we don't have to sell a scamming story to Netflix to keep going? Consider subscribing to Slate Plus. You won't get any ads on any Slate podcast. You'll be supporting our show, which would not be possible without the support of Slate Plus listeners. And you'll also get bonus segments on shows like Amicus, Culture Gab Fest, Mom and Dad Are Fighting, and Big Moon Little Moon. You also get unlimited reading on the Slate website, which means you get access to every single article and every single advice column on Slate, and you will never hit the paywall. Go to slate.com slash to subscribe to Slate Plus. That's slate.com slash Plus.
1: And we are
2: back. Before the break, we mentioned some of the really big scams. But in addition to Delvey and Firefest and the Tinder swindler, there's just an abundance of content about scams at our fingertips. We, of course, cannot forget to mention our favorite podcast, Scam Goddess with Lacey Mosley. Cannot recommend our episode with her more We interviewed her last October, and we talked all about why the internet loves scams. And we are going to continue to do that because there has been more scam content released since then. So, yeah, I mean, last year, HBO Max got in the action and released
0: an entire series called Generation Hustle, which is about other modern scammers. There is an episode about Anna Delvey, but there's also a couple of episodes about lesser known scammers. And Rachel, Mm -hmm. there was one episode you recommended to me to definitely check out.
2: Yes, yes. It's called A Scam of the Beat and it's a third episode. It follows TJX6, who's a Detroit rapper, and he basically came up by releasing songs that were textbooks for how to commit fraud on the internet. Tried to me from the dark web. I downloaded Tor Browser then got back in when they got a VPN. Just bought another bin. So that song you just heard was TJX6's 2019 song Dark Web. And as you can hear, it basically recommends that you download Tor and get a VPN and find a way to uh commit identity fraud and other scams. I mean, speaking of hustle, right,
0: like they're pulling from an obvious huge example of the scam genre. I would say probably the greatest piece of media in the <laughs> scam retainment genre, Ooh. which is hustlers baby. Am I wrong? Am I wrong?
2: I'm not, I can't, I can't say you're wrong. I do. I do <laughs> love this in terms, in terms of fictionalization of scams. I think this one is my favorite. It's just an iconic film
0: about an iconic story, which written by a now iconic journalist, our girl, Jessica <laughs> Pressler. The scam reporter, you know, queen.
2: She's the scammer whisperer. She is. I feel like she kind of created this genre wholesale almost, except for the time she got scammed herself by a high school student who tricked her into thinking that he was worth eight figures. Turns out that was a lie. And maybe Pressler's villain Orton story and why she decided to go after real scammers for the rest (laughs) of her career. (laughs) And she's won. We can't stop talking about her scam reporting, her reporting on scams. Her reporting is not a scam.
0: New York Magazine and other media outlets have made a veritable income source (laughs) from reporting on scams. What do you what do you think is the big uh, appeal for us on the internet reading and clicking on these stories and waiting for the netflix shows
2: so you mentioned two things which i think are probably the most important part of the scam industrial complex which is a income source magazines famously broke we don't make any money (laughs) please subscribe to slate plus we mean it (laughs) (laughs) but one of the new revenue streams that magazines and news sources can get in on are stories being adapted into movies and television shows and clearly scammer content is one of the easiest ways to get adapted into a television show it works but also you mentioned earlier scams are part of the true crime genre but without the horror of murder or assault so they manage to be a bit lighter they scratch the itch without you feeling like you're watching people the worst moment in people's lives being exploited whether or not that feeling is accurate is up for debate but that's what it feels like we can sympathize and laugh at these stories without the guilt we feel binging hours of making a murderer they mostly involve rich people
0: mm-hmm. getting their money taken from them by for making bad choices and uh, you know i it's not my least favorite thing to see rich people
2: get screwed over I I don't mind it me me neither and I understand that that's part of the issue but it's just like Mm -hmm. if I'm gonna watch a rich person lose some money I'm just I'm like all right, give it to me serve it up on a platter alright that is the show we'll be back in your feed on Saturday so definitely subscribe it is the best way to never miss us talking about how much we love rich people getting scammed if you have any scams that you want to tell us about, we promise to keep you anonymous. Please leave us a DM. We are at ICYMI underscore pod, or you can shoot us an email at ICYMI at slate.com.
0: ICYMI is produced by Daniel Schrader. We're edited by Forrest Wickman and me. Hello, Allegra Frank. Amber Smith is Senior Manager of Podcast Audience Development and Alicia Montgomery is Executive Producer of Slate podcasts. See you online. Or running scams.
2: No, you're right. I did get you scammed. You were scammed by Sheertex. I sheer was I was scammed. And I not only scammed, I was scammed. I scammed other people because I told them to buy them because I was so in love with them for like three months. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early,